0: to the Indian Creek Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.indiancreekbaptistchurch.org or our email address is info at Church.org. It is our sincere hope that through this podcast, God will speak to your heart and touch your life so that you may grow closer to him. A little bit from where we are. In Judges chapter 12, Jephthah judged Israel, and then he passed on. And the last, I think, two weeks ago, we looked at uh, Ibsen and Elon and um, Abdon. Three judges, again, that God really doesn't speak a whole lot of. He gives us five verses uh, to tell about them, or seven verses. And yet so much was said in those seven verses. But today, as chapter 13 opens, we go from uh, a place where God says very little about three men to a place where God says a whole bunch about one. And we get into probably the uh, the judge that we know the most about, we see the most about his life uh, in Samuel, starting in Judges chapter 13. So Judges chapter 13 the Bible says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren, and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren, and bearest not. But thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not anything, any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Let's pray. Father God, again, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Lord, to hear your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts today. I pray that you would be with those that are not here. Pray that they're safe, that they're on their way. Lord, I just pray that you would guide us and direct us today. Speak to our hearts. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as Judges 13 opens, it opens with some very familiar words. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. This is something we've gotten pretty used to going through the book of Judges. Israel is going through their sin cycle. They've Uh, sinned against the Lord and they've been taken into captivity and then they've repented and then they've, God has delivered them and then they've served for a while and then they've sinned again and it's just started over and over and over again. We've seen it, uh, I think Samson is the 11th judge, I didn't count for sure, but uh, we are at that point where it's just kind of getting a little frustrating. But I have to say, from God's perspective, from my perspective as a parent, I would be extremely frustrated with this. Because how many of us have said, haven't we already discussed this? Haven't we already learned this? Didn't we just have this discussion last week? About why we don't do these things. And yet here we are again doing these things over and over again. It's like uh, we just don't learn. And yet God is showing us through Israel just in the book of Judges. If you go through the whole Bible, it's over and over and over again. And then if you go through all human history and include God's people once Christ was crucified and, and we've gotten saved, how many times a day we fail him. I can only imagine what he's thinking at this point. I'm sure it probably seems to him like we'll never learn our lesson. 6,000 years of teaching and we're still doing the same things over and over again and, and even getting worse. But again, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. But there is something very different about these first verses. All through the book of Judges before, where we've seen, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. We've then seen where God has delivered them. But we've also seen where Israel has repented and turned back to God. You don't see that in Judges chapter 13. It never says, And the children of Israel cried unto God, and God raised up a deliverer. It doesn't speak at all about Israel crying into God in Judges chapter 13. Israel is beginning to get comfortable. They're beginning to get jaded. When I was younger, I guess it's been 20 years ago now, over 20 years ago now, I started on the fire department here in town. And I, I had been, my uncles had all been on the fire department, my grandparents, my mom was on the fire department, and the first responders. So I had been involved from a very young age. But when I actually started training and started running calls consistently, I began to see the very worst side of people and when i moved down to creston and became full time i began to see people over and over and over again the same people for the same things and they weren't really i would call i wouldn't call them legitimate emergencies we ran between 6 and 900 calls a year in creston we averaged right around 3 calls a day but about 600 of those calls were all medical calls. And the majority of those medical calls were not people that had been in accidents, were not people that were having heart attacks. They were people that were choosing not to take care of themselves, not to listen to their doctor's advices, advice, or they were people who were trying to scam the EMTs and the paramedics to get drugs. I remember one man, uh, one of my first calls, we arrived at this house and it was for a a male that would have been about my age, that was completely unresponsive. And they taught us all these little tricks in school to do, to make sure that people are unresponsive. And you take a pen and you smash it down on their fingernail because it's really painful. And if they don't move, Or you take your knuckles and you rub it really hard down their sternum uh, to try and get a response out of them. Just to make sure before you give them some of the drugs that you give them that can kill them, that they really aren't alive. So I was the first on scene with my partner and I went in and did all these things and I thought I had done everything and checked everything really well. And I'm, I'm giving my report to the paramedics and this one a uh, paramedic that had been there a very long time, she looked at me and she kind of had this smirk on her face. She said, watch this. And she climbed on the bed with this guy and she took her knuckles, which I had already done, and she dug them into his chest and she moved the mattress about that far. And he started screaming. And he shot out of the bed, absolutely nothing wrong with him. And then as we continued to check him out, he proceeded to offer to pay that paramedic for drugs. We ran on probably 30 calls for that guy in the four years, five years that I was there. That was just, I personally ran probably 30 calls for that guy. And I began to get very jaded. I began to get very hard and lose my compassion for people. Because I saw over and over again people who had been told how to do the right things to take care of themselves and yet refused. And I watched how much it hurt their family because they just simply refused to do what the doctors had told them to do. Israel here is getting jaded. They're getting to the point where the punishment just doesn't work anymore. I know I got to the point as a teenager where uh, my mom was no longer able to punish me. She was not big enough to make me really understand what needed to be corrected. And that fell on my dad. And I remember a point where even my dad, I got to the point where I thought I was big enough that my dad wasn't going to be able to punish me anymore. How much has Israel fallen here? Not even a sign of guilt. Not even a sign of repentance. Not even a sign of suffering as the Philistines have for 40 years taken over Israel and done what every other nation has done. They've taken their crops. They've taken their their people as servants. They've made life. So very hard on them. Yet what we have here is a perfect example of foreshadowing. Authors throughout history have written things into books and into screenplays and movies so that you can begin to understand what's going to happen later on. I was talking to Josiah yesterday. Uh, Explaining some things for school and talking about how, as he would read books like the Hardy Boys books or the Westerns like Louis L'Amour. And I know I read a lot of Louis L'Amour when I was growing up. How I could put myself in to those scenes by the way the author described everything. How I could look at the character of the characters and I could guess how things were going to turn out. God here is giving us an example of what's to come. Because when Christ was brought to this earth, Israel was in the same situation they are here. They had been taken over by Rome. Rome was taking everything that they could from them. And when Christ came and walked this earth, so very few of Israel really wanted Him to be there. They all claimed to be looking for the Messiah. They claimed to be seeking that blessed hope that a ruler would come and overthrow this Roman Empire. Yet they really weren't. Because God had sent Him God had proven who he was by having him meet all the prophecy. And they refused. Even to the point of him dying on the cross and them calling for Barnabas, a murderer, to be released them yelling crucify him the very one that was there to save them but as we get back into the book of judges we see that God in his grace and mercy even though Israel is not repenting even though Israel is not turning back God is going to begin the process of raising up a deliverer. The other thing that's different here is, always before, God has tasked someone that was already alive and walking the earth at that time. We had Gideon. We had Jephthah. We had Ibsen and and Elon and Abdon. We had Deborah. We had all these people who were walking the earth, living the hurt and the pain of the punishment that God would elevate. Yet here again, God is going to prophesy the birth of a baby. Because... I believe there wasn't anybody here he could raise up. I don't believe there was anybody here that God could speak to as he did to Gideon and say, go and fight against the Midianites that would say, yes, here I am. Even as much coercion as Gideon took And I think as we continue through the book of Judges and we continue looking at Samson's life, we're going to see some very different actions out of Samson. Because even Samson's parents, though they try, are not going to be able to teach him how to serve God. Samson is probably one of the wickedest, most evil judges there was. The Bible tells us in verses number four and five that he is his mother should drink no wine, nor strong drink, eat not any unclean thing. Verse five, for lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, the vow of the Nazarite is a vow that People would voluntarily take so that they could separate themselves to serve God completely. So that they were immediately recognizable that they had a vow upon them, they had made a promise to God that they were going to serve God. But that was, again, typically for full age adults who voluntarily made that vow here, this child is going to have that vow thrust upon him. And we'll see as we go just how that works out. But Israel is so far gone at this point that nothing, nothing is turning them back to God. So God in His grace and mercy... has to change his actions. Now don't get me wrong. God knew that this day would come. God knew exactly what was going to happen. And he knows exactly what Samson's going to do. But as we... Go into these next four or five chapters and look at the life of Samson. Understanding that we've all been in church for a while. We know the story. We know that Samson really didn't truly begin to serve God until he was blind and chained between the two pillars. And pulled them down upon himself and all the Philistines. That's when he truly began to trust God. It was at his death. But let this be a warning for us. We have gotten used to just getting by, we've gotten used to, we're saved. We're going to make mistakes. And it's okay. Because Christ is paid for all of our sins. Past, present, and future. And for many of us, there are things that we just don't want to get rid of because it's just too hard. How different are we Than Israel. How different are we than Samson? Samson should be. The most beautiful example of God there is. Besides Jesus Christ. Being raised up from the very womb. To serve God completely. And wholeheartedly. We've all been given new life. We've all been given a new chance. Let's use it today. Forget about the past and begin to serve the Lord today with everything. Begin the work of removing everything out of your life that would be against God. Not just being okay with one or two things that are keeping you separated from Him. Begin to serve Him today completely.